Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the College Gridiron Show. This is the Wednesday, February 21st edition. This is the, it's 70 degrees in February edition I've never of College felt Gridiron. This divorced from college football. Because this is like the opposite of football weather, where I think it's actually June outside, and it, it was literally 77 degrees. I'm ready for spring practices to start with this yeah. weather in the end of February. Jimmy, your tweet was golden yesterday. Oh, about thank the, you. He's thank like, you. it's six, it's mid 60s out, and it feel you can't convince me it's mid June. Oh, yeah, it's, it is. Shameless plug for what? Jimmy on Twitter. <laughs> no, Give no. him a follow. No, it's like the worst drop, account ever. Don't. Do all right, it. no, Jimmy, you are obligated to drop the handle right now. Okay, all right. So I'll drop everybody's handle actually. So at Jackson Heil. I mean that's impressive that you don't know okay. also <laughs> Matt what's at Matt under- at, at Matt Costantini. It's okay, easy. I thought there was an underscore there. And there might I'm, be. I don't remember anymore. I'm at Jimmy Sullivan BC, which I, it's the perils of having a common name because that was my account in high school. That's fair. And I couldn't. I just wanted to do like you know the real Jimmy Sullivan or something, and that it was. Well, like, I guess nah. no introductions are needed. Uh, Matt Costantini, Jackson Heil, Jimmy Sullivan, as you know. Um, Jimmy, you said it the best. This is the weirdest time for college football. Um, the combine doesn't start until next Tuesday, which will be a lot of fun. We'll we'll have a lot of coverage on that on the next week's show. Um, but this week's show is still important. Um, we're going to talk about some interesting news about what some people think of some prospects. Um, there's been a Johnny Manziel sighting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Johnny Manziel sightings. That's always news. Yeah. Um, we're going to continue our draft talk going from pick 21 to about 25, 26 maybe. Um, and then we're going to talk about the uh, the offensive lineman rankings this week. Um, so let's get right into it. The biggest news that has come out of these last couple of days is former Indianapolis Colts general manager Bill Polian, the sweet man that he is who developed Peyton Manning into a Hall of Famer, uh, has recently stated that he does not believe Lamar Jackson is a quarterback and should instead play wide receiver. Jimmy, what do you think about that? I think that's bonkers, and I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Bonkers, you bonkers, say. Bonkers, yeah. So here's the thing. He is fast enough to play wide receiver in the NFL. That's not necessarily my concern. My thing is, one, this guy can throw 60, 70 yards out of He can make all the throws. The, thing, the problem is, one, he's not accurate. He didn't complete 60% of his passes either year at Louisville and two he's taken some hits and and I think that's affected him too but I I think it's so crazy how every time you know you have a quarterback who plays like this Lamar Jackson reminds me of Michael Vick I'm not saying he's that good it's just that's the type of player he reminds me of and so every time you have a player come out like this all the talk is oh when's he gonna be a wide receiver when's he gonna be a running back and then the other thing Polian said which was ridiculous as well he's a little short he's six foot three and if you'll recall four years ago Bill Polian said that teams should take a serious look at Johnny Manziel in the top 10 and Johnny Manziel was not six three and still is not six three so it, it's just it's absurd how why why you would think that I get it but it's he's obviously I think he could be a pretty good quarterback in the NFL I really do I'm gonna completely agree with Bill Polian actually on this take. Get out of here! And I'm, and I'm clearly in the minority on it, but you mentioned Lamar Jackson. He, he can make all the all the throws, but he can he really make all the throws? Oh, he I can. Mean, he was. Yeah, but he was. His, he doesn't. That's the problem. His accuracy is so bad, and it was so bad in college. Like, I mean, you look at the one game he wants against an NFL caliber defense in Clemson this year, and he was torn apart. So. I think, honestly, his best chance is at wide receiver. But you look at the game he played against Clemson when he won his Heisman, he was fantastic. He was amazing, but and again, he almost single-handedly won that game. 
But again, you look at him this year, I mean... His numbers this year were better than when he won the Heisman. They were better, but you look at the time he played against an NFL defense, and the only reason he did it was... The only reason he was good was because of his legs, which can be attributed to, if you put him at wide receiver, he could be... Listen, he could be a massive deep threat as a wide receiver. He'd have to get stronger, clearly, but... I, I don't think it's too far-fetched that he could be a wide receiver in the NFL. I think I've come around on Lamar Jackson, especially this year, lo- watching what he did in his follow-up to his Heisman Trophy campaign. Um, and I think I think I'm at one point on the show I said that he might be better served as a halfback or wide receiver, that if he put on some more muscle, a little bit more weight, he would be a very good wide receiver running back. But I think with the emergence of a Deshaun Watson type in the NFL, especially what Deshaun Watson did this year before he unfortunately got injured and his season was ended, that teams are more willing to take a chance on mobile quarterbacks. And, I mean, Russell Wilson is a perfect example. He is, he's been the poster child of what you wanted a mobile quarterback to look like. People thought for a period of time that would have been Robert Griffin III, who just never tendered into that because he couldn't stay healthy. But Russell Wilson has changed the perception of all mobile quarterbacks now. Guys are re- guys are looking for them. I mean, Deshaun Watson is the perfect example. I think Lamar Jackson can be a good quarterback. Yes, he does have his struggles, especially with the deep ball, but what current NFL quarterback doesn't? I mean, Dak Prescott can't throw the ball deep. They scheme, they scheme around that. Um, the Eagles haven't let Carson Wentz really throw deep. They kind of protect him a little bit, and he's mo- he's mobile enough. Um, I mean, Deshaun Watson looked good throwing the ball deep. Not not too bad, at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate that some of these guys get pegged as non-quarterbacks before they even have a chance in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, we're not saying, you know, Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson needs to go to the right system. I'm not oh, absolutely. saying he does. No. And I had him, when we did the quarterback rankings, I think I had him fifth. Like, he's not up there with the Josh Allens or the, or the Sam Darnolds. Or the he's Josh not the Rosen. prototypical quarterback that you're going to be looking for. No, and, I, and I, I probably wouldn't trot him out there as my starting quarterback next year. But if you give him time to develop, I think he could be really good in the right system with the right coaches, with the right talent around him. That's that's all I'm saying, Again, and, and I don't think he's a wide well, receiver. Th- that's a ton of ifs, though. Again, I mean, it would take at least a few years for him to develop into becoming an NFL caliber quarterback. Maybe and you mentioned, not. But you mentioned Deshaun Watson. I mean, listen, we saw Watson tear up Alabama with twice. through And through the air, he did it too. Well, he wasn't just his likes. He was able to move downfield in a two-minute drill and win Clemson a national title because of his arm as well. But you look at Jackson, I mean, he could plug in. Listen, it would take, it would take maybe some rough patches, but I think his best option to make it into the NFL as a starter is at wide receiver. It's I don't know. I I watched some games this year where I saw Lamar Jackson throw the ball in the air for 50, 60 yards and just drop it right into the basket of his wide receivers. And I think that if a team can get that out of their quarterback, why wouldn't you try? Yeah, and the thing is, too, you know, there was one, one time there was a quarterback in the draft who fell to the late first round, was the third or fourth quarterback taken, had all the right parts around him, had a great coaching staff, had a lot of talent. It was Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. You know, if you if you put the right pieces around somebody, he can he can be successful. And that's not just Lamar Jackson, but I just think he he really can be an NFL starting quarterback. Like I've seen enough film of him making great plays. He's also made some some pretty bad plays, 
but there are some NFL quarterbacks also who have. So I think Lamar Jackson can definitely help a team a couple years down the line. I don't think this year he's going to be of assistance to anybody. And listen, Bill Polian, his reasoning behind it was completely wrong. Like he, he, he I, I agree with the concept, but his reasoning was to get the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands more, which literally makes no sense because a wide receiver is touching the ball maybe at the he could touch it zero times a game at the very worst but I mean as a quarterback he'll touch it a lot but his logic made no sense behind it but in terms of going to a wide receiver I, I think he could definitely have success there and I think he has a better chance of playing at the NFL level as a wide receiver. I think next week's combine is going to be very critical for Lamar Jackson yeah. to show teams that he can be a quarterback he's going to have to work very hard um, and I, I hope he does because I would like to see him succeed at quarterback, but I just want to see Lamar Jackson in the league regardless. I want to see his athletic ability on display with the best players in the world. Um, let's get into a, some more news out of uh, an, our favorite NFL prospect and Mir Gori's favorite. I wonder who that could be. I wonder who on College Gridiron is, is our, is our favorite sure. prospect yeah. here. Shout out Mir Gori. He is sick right now. Feel better soon. Uh, Baker Mayfield, um, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the show that he reminded us a little bit of Johnny Manziel with his on-field antics, but that's kind of been taken up a notch recently with a lot of media and executives saying that they see too much Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield. I, th- I thought that was strange. I don't know exactly when it started. I think it's kicked up in the last week or two as interviews, you know, keep, keep going on, but I don't see all of the Manziel traits with Mayfield, like there was with Johnny Manziel, there was worries about alcohol. There was worries about off-field stuff. I mean, there were legitimate concerns. I haven't heard that. I mean, Baker Mayfield's done some stupid things. I mean, the thing against Kansas was was dumb, and he got a DUI last summer. I remember, which which was not not good, but obviously. But I I don't I don't sense the same off-field concerns. To say nothing of the fact that he was more successful in college than Johnny Manziel. It, it didn't help that Manziel was playing in the SEC, but Baker Mayfield went to a new, uh, to the college football playoff twice. Can you say more successful without the Heisman Trophy? No, because well, but Baker Mayfield Baker won, won, won. Yeah, Baker won oh, the he, Heisman this year. He won this year. That's right. Um, this is why we. Need I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> you're losing it. Right I now. am losing it today. This is not. It's the weather, guys. I promise. <laughs> For those of you that listen to our pick and pod. Pick and Pod podcast. You'll know that he also thought Porzingis was maybe coming back next week. Oh, interesting! <laughs> so I just I, I like that. Tough that's, that's it's good. a tough day for me. I apologize for our listeners, but uh, yes, just, they just they do have the same accolades. They have bowl wins, a plenty between the two of and them. And I would say Mayfield even has more when you when yeah. you look at it closer because. Manziel won, I think it was the Cotton Bowl his freshman year, and sophomore year he won what bowl was that? I think it was the Chick-fil-A Bowl. When One he of those Duke. two. Yeah. But Mayfield, that Duke game was fun. I remember that, watching I remember, that. yeah, that was on New Year's Eve. Uh, Mayfield went to the college football playoff twice. He did lose, but he beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl last year. I don't sense the same off-field concerns just because he's been so successful in college, and as John Madden used to say, winning is the best deodorant for any of that stuff. Wow, breaking out John Madden quotes <laughs> this week. I love it out of you, Jimmy. Um... I'm I'm with you. I just don't see the—I mean, I guess I can see the athletic comparison between Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel. I mean, they're almost exactly the same height. They play a very similar style of football. But I think when it comes down to the character concerns, I'm not that concerned about Baker Mayfield. I think—I mean, you mentioned the thing about Kansas— Yes, it was very, very stupid, and he'll have to change that when he gets to the next level because NFL players will not tolerate that. They will knock his head off the first chance they get. But 
I think that just shows a want to win and a competitive edge that he has. It's almost like he has this ginormous chip on his shoulder that he wants to prove that he is the best player on the field at all times. Oh, to use an analogy that he would hate, he has a chip the size of Texas on his shoulder. I mean, he really does. It's wild, like how how much. I mean, he wore the trader shirt to Texas Tech. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, most people just want to forget about that, but he he really wants it a lot more, at least in the visible aspects, more than everyone else. And we'll have to see how his work ethic is and all that stuff in the NFL. I honestly don't think they're really all that comparable other than their size and that they talk a lot because, I mean, Manziel, Manziel wasn't as good as in the pocket as Mayfield was for sure. Manziel was more legs-oriented and, listen, he could move around the pocket better than anyone in college football at the time, but Mayfield can make throws that Manziel certainly couldn't, and from all indications, Mayfield seems like a hell of a teammate, too, which is a big factor. And I think also seeing what happened with Manziel and how his decline came so fast, I think Mayfield will see that and realize he can't, you can't act like a jack wagon in the NFL when you get to the biggest stage. I am loving the words on this week's podcast. You've had a bonkers reference. We have a jack wagon <laughs> reference. This is a great day. Um, and Jackson, you brought up my next point uh, of Johnny Manziel and his downfall. Well, apparently it's comeback season, guys. Um, Johnny Manziel has recently announced that he is going to be playing in some kind of spring league. Yeah, yeah. I think they're starting up next, not next month. I think they're starting up in April. I yeah, I think, I think it's sure. a March or April deal. But this is a very interesting topic, especially for this show because of how good Johnny Manziel was in college. And then we obviously saw his failures in the NFL. Um does could this possibly parlay him getting back into the NFL? I think he wants it to. I definitely Well, obviously. Yeah, I think he wouldn't be doing it if not. That's the end game for him. I mean, more so than anything, I'm kind of happy for him because it appears as though he's figured out the personal stuff where he had problems with he said mental health, alcoholism, which we also obviously. And if he's figured that out, obviously that's the most important thing. I'm very skeptical that he's going to get back to the NFL because he crashed out so hard with the Browns. And I mean, you know, if you're not good enough for the Browns, you know, that that's part of that's especially that's with all the quarterback problems they've had before him with him and now after him. Yeah, I mean, they've had 28 quarterbacks in my lifetime, which is not good. But wow. That's, you, a, that's really when you put that number into existence. That is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But and, and you forget about a bunch of them. But yeah, I back to Manziel. I really don't. I don't see him getting back into the NFL. I would, I would actually like to see him back in the NFL, and I think a lot of people would. Um, I'm very skeptical, very skeptical, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. But he's going to get a shot, and we'll see. Just to reference the Browns for a sec, their last win came from Robert Griffin III. Yes, on a Saturday. They haven't won on a Sunday in two years. And their last win on a Sunday was courtesy of Johnny Manziel. Which is bizarre from all levels, but I think, you, Jimmy, you said it best. I, I just don't think the level of play is there at this point. Yeah, that too. Because that that's just that I mean that's the most important part. Like can can he play at a level? Obviously the mental stuff is is what it is, but if he can't play at the level of an NFL quarterback, which I think we saw he didn't really have in the NFL when he was at that peak level, it's hard to imagine he got better than what he was. And I just I, I don't see an NFL comeback very realistic. Maybe the XFL that comes back. That would be that would be something. That would be oh, the, I would that, love that, to see Johnny Manziel in the XFL. That would be the perfect fit for him. And they go back having nicknames on the back. Yeah. He can just have money, and hopefully <laughs> they turn the two into the dollar sign. Oh, that would M- be awesome. Money? Did he hate me? Touchdown! <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be phenomenal. Um, I'm a big Johnny Manziel guy. I always have been. I was very disappointed to see him not perform well in the NFL. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope that he is, above all, healthy. He he says that he's healthy now, and that that is what we all strive to be. Um, I hope he gets a shot, but we'll have to see on that. Let's get back into our draft discussion. Um, we're starting here at 21 and 22 with back-to-back picks by the Buffalo Bills. I think we are all in agreement that they will keep either one or none of those picks as they attempt to trade up. Um, but for our purposes, let's just start at 21. So one mock I saw yesterday had the Bills trading up to five, which is kind of a bold move, getting the Broncos pick, taking either Darnold, Rosen, whoever's available, basically. If we're going to assume they keep... 21 and 22. I actually think they go defense here. I know they've had issues on the offense and they scored three points in their playoff game and and that's a matter of concern. But you also have a defense where you trade away Marcel Darius. Your linebacker position is is very so-so. And and this is a team with a chance to contend. I mean, Tom Brady's not getting uh, any younger, neither is Bill Belichick. Them along with the Jets if they can figure them some stuff out. I mean, they could they could compete in the AFC East in the next few years. So with this, I'll go with the uh, 21st pick first, and then we'll we'll talk about the other ones later. I went with Tremaine Edwards out of Virginia Tech. The, okay. Uh, yeah, the linebacker. I, I also like Tarrell Landry here. Uh, I have him above Tremaine Edwards in my rankings. I just think Edwards is going to go higher because he's farther along in the development process. So I took him at 21. He could fix that linebacker position. He could play either outside spot. He's a really solid linebacker. If you watch his tape, he, he had a pretty good year last year. So we're going to go with Tremaine Edwards at that's, 21. That's not a bad pick considering in, I think it might have been back-to-back seasons, they lost Nigel Bradham and Zach Brown consecutively. So their linebacker core has just been decimated. Um, I like that you pointed out that they traded away Marcel Darius and Kyle Williams is especially not getting any younger. He actually might retire. Who knows? So I have them going defensive tackle. I'm going with Maurice Hurst from Michigan. Okay. Um, all of my defensive tackle prospects that we talked about last week, uh, or, or the week before, excuse me, um, I had them going earlier. So I think that this is the next guy up as far as defensive linemen go. Um, he's just a he's a big guy. He'll be able to fill the hole that Darius left, and it's just going to be the start to rebuilding that defense to the level it needs to be. Um, so let's go right into 22. Who do you see them taking here? At 22, I, I was thinking about Maurice Hurst, but it was funny because I did a round one mock draft and I completely forgot Quentin Nelson. And that was How? that was a problem. <laughs> that was a problem. Um, I just control out the lead at Quentin Nelson <laughs> and his life. But uh, 22, so I, I originally had Hurst at 22, but I had to move him down to change some things around with Quentin Nelson. I put him in the top 10. Uh, Marcus Davenport out of uh, Texas San Antonio. He uh, He's sort of a bigger defensive lineman, and we both agree that they could use some defensive help. So on that defensive line, he could kind of replace Darius. He's, he's a bigger guy, so he might, he might be more up the middle. But I, I like Davenport. I like his tape. I want to see more from him at the Combine just because he hasn't been through the gullet of the 24-hour news cycle like some of these other prospects have because he plays at such a, a small school. Mm-hmm. So I, I like Davenport here at 22. I've seen mocks with him everywhere from 8 to 24. It'll be interesting to see. His combine's going to be huge. For right now, I've got the Bills taking him at 22. Yeah, and I, I think we're essentially just flip-flopping our picks here from defensive lineman linebacker. I'm going linebacker here, actually. Um, I'm going to have them take... And I know I'm going to butcher this, and I know Mir's going to hate me for it. Oklahoma's Ogbania 
Okun Ronquo. Ogbenia oh, uh, Okoronquo. Close enough. You were good. I was good. Yeah, Very it was good. close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- we mentioned it. They lost some linebackers that were key to this team's defense, um, and they just need someone. I think that he's he's a little bit undersized to play the linebacker position, so he's definitely not going to be rushing the edge. Um, I don't think that they even play that style in Buffalo, so that's not an issue. Um, I'm interested to see how he does in coverage in the NFL because he looked good enough in college, but we'll just have to see on him. Um, so next up, a surprise team that's picking late this year, the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, you get show, you get Jeff Fisher out of there, Mr. 6-10, and 10, and and you just see what this team could be. So I think that they are set on defense. I think their defense is one of the best in the league. They definitely need some help on offense. What do you think out of them, Jimmy? I actually went the opposite way. I, I like their offense. They scored a lot of points last year. Uh, Jeff Fisher's incompetent, by the way. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um and 23, I was thinking, they've got a couple free agents among their linebackers. They could maybe use an edge rusher. One of their problems was really rushing the quarterback last year. So I took, this is a guy I'm starting to like more and more the more I see out of him, Harold Landry out of Boston College. Oh, that's a good one. I watched his tape, the game he played against Notre Dame, because Notre Dame has an NFL caliber offensive line. Mm-hmm. And he made some really good plays. He also did some things that were uh, suboptimal, obviously. And he's a raw player. And I don't know how much he would be able to help the Rams next year, but he's really athletic and he could be really good in due time. And it's a defense that could use a little help. And he he's got a chance to be sort of a freakish prospect. I want to see his combine numbers, kind of like the other guys. But I'm, I like Harold Landry here at 23. And if he has a good combine, I wouldn't be surprised to see him shoot up the boards. That's that's really interesting, considering that they are aging at linebacker, especially with um. Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He's been there forever. Uh, Ogl- Captain not Alec Ogletree. Ogletree. Yes, yeah, that's exactly yes, what I was thinking of. Okay. You need to start finding a replacement for him. Um, I guess that he can play outside, inside. doesn't really matter out of him. Um, I think I'm going offensive line here. They did a good job in free agency last year bringing in Andrew Whitworth. That was important. John Sullivan as well. John yeah. Sullivan as well. Um, you have to start preparing for life without Andrew Whitworth because he's in his 30s now, and offensive linemen in their 30s don't usually – keep up Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber of play for much longer. So I actually have them going with a guy we were talking about before the show started, Will Hernandez out of UTEP. Um, He's not at the top of my offensive lineman rankings, which we will get to, but I think that he is a very good player. They, He's listed as a guard, and he performed well the Senior Bowl, where he started to get most of his recognition. But I think that eventually maybe you could try him at tackle or if you want to keep him at guard and just have him play guard for the rest of his career, fine. Yeah, and a lot of these guys are versatile. And I was also thinking about offensive line. I just figured maybe the defense was a little bit more of a pressing need right now. Assuming Whitworth stays healthy, it's kind of the same situation the Eagles have, which we'll probably get to the next show where they have an aging offensive line where they could use a little help. It's not a bad situation to be in for the Rams, and they're honestly in a good spot. It's a young team. They don't have a ton of free agents. They're going to be up there again, I think, next year. But uh, for me, I thought the defense maybe needed a little bit more help, but I could justify taking an offensive lineman there, absolutely. All right, so number 24 here is the Carolina Panthers. They had a really bad year, 2016-2017, and people were like, oh, Cam Newton's done. But then this year, Cam Newton looked like Cam Newton, except... um, Their offense is just horrendous. I'm amazed they made it to where they are. Their offensive line was good, but it's looking like they're going to lose some offensive linemen, possibly Andrew Norwell, if they don't franchise him. Um, And they trade away Kelvin Benjamin midseason, which just made no sense to me. 
So what do you think the Panthers are going to do here? Uh, they need help on offense. That's, yes. They need that in the worst way. I like Christian McCaffrey. I think he's pretty good. I could justify taking an offensive lineman, same as the Rams. But I was thinking they need so much help at the skill positions. Devin Funches is their number one, and he's he's not bad. But then you're looking at, I mean, who, who are you looking at? That's the problem. You've got Greg Olson, who's aging, and you've got, uh, Bird, who I don't even remember his first name. He was playing the second receiver spot last year. Kalen Clay was getting reps at receiver. So I've got Cortland Sutton out of SMU, the wide receiver. We had him in our wide receiver rankings. I think we did. I had him third or fourth. And you had, I think you, was it you or Mir had him a little higher? I think we both did, honestly. Yeah, so I, I'm a little lower on Sutton, but I, I do like him. And they need somebody to stretch out down the field because Cam Newton, with the right people around him, can be really good. But last year, he just didn't have that. So I'm with you on wide receiver, and um, my guy's going to be Christian Kirk. I know I talked about him earlier, but should he fall? I think that he does not fall any further than Carolina at 24. Okay. Because as we as we talked about, he's a guy that can stretch the field. He's a very good deep threat. He's not that big, but he's a good, and he's even better in the short game. He's a very good position player. Uh, Possession catcher, excuse me. Yes. Um, and I think that he'll just fit this Carolina Panther offense so well that it would be insane that they don't take a wide receiver, honestly. Yeah, and they do. I mean, Devin Funches is a big body. You can throw it up to him in the red zone, as is Greg Olson. But it, it never hurts to have another one of those. And like you said, Kirk could be that for the Panthers. He might not stretch out defenses vertically, but he could be really good for them in the red zone. All right, and our last team that we're looking at this week are the Tennessee Titans at number 25. So they could use a little help on their offensive line. They, they're pretty good there. Taylor Lewan's very good, as is Jack Conklin, both of whom were all pro not last year but the year before. You need to protect Marcus Mariota. He's your franchise quarterback. You need to do that at all costs. This is a new coaching staff. I real I love Matt LaFleur. I think he's going to be great with Marcus Mariota. I think he's going to play at an MVP level next year. I really do. And so I think they moved to help to protect him, and I'm going to go with the guy you just said, Will Hernandez, out of, out of UTEP. That's a good pick there. Um, I think that if this year's playoff run was any indication of what this team needs, it's defense because, yes, granted, they did play the Patriots, and, yes, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, but they just absolutely shredded this defense, so they definitely need help over there. Um, Mike Vrabel, new head coach, was a good linebacker in his day, maybe. I think Will Vrabel was pretty good. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Yeah. I, I liked him at tight end, too. He was pretty good there, too. <laughs> um, So I think that they're going to go linebacker here. I think they're going to go Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. Uh, okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wesley Woodyard is an incredibly good player, um, and they just need more players like him, and I think Rashawn Evans can be that. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you could also go with the secondary there also for the Titans if there's somebody available at that spot who justifies taking it at 25. But, I mean, the Titans are in a pretty good spot. They got rid of Mike Malarkey, which they needed to do. Yeah, it was time. And they, they have you know better offensive minds in there now. So I, I think... You're in a pretty good spot if you're Tennessee. You just need to help Mariota in any way you can, whether that's on defense or the offense. It's really, it really all comes back to the same thing. is that you've got a great quarterback, but you're not necessarily surrounding him with talent, kind of similar to what the Carolina Panthers have right now. Right. So that is all we have for the draft this week. Let's get into our positional rankings, offensive linemen. Before we run out of time here, Jimmy, give me your top five offensive linemen. Okay, so I think I've already taken all of them. I, I must have. So we're going to start with Orlando Brown. Uh, we should have had Mir here for this because I've got Orlando Brown at one. Really? Yeah. I, like, I think I think you're an outlier with that one. Yeah, I am an outlier, but I like his tape. Uh, I wasn't entirely sure. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a little more, particularly at the Combine. But he's at one. I've got Quentin Nelson, too. 
Uh, he's also very good, you know, inside guard. Mike McGlinchey at three, you know, big uh, uh, offensive lineman. He'll probably play on the outside. He's six eight, I think. He'll be really good for a team. I've got Connor Williams at four. I mocked him to the Seahawks. He's he's a pretty good player, and and he could use a little bit more development as well. But he's he's very good. And uh, the guy we just talked about, Will Davenport. I've got him at number five out of UTEP. All right, so. If Will any, Hernandez, I'm sorry. Will Hernandez, yeah. of course. If anybody's watched this show or listened to this show for a period of time, they know how much I love my Notre Dame offensive linemen, so it's no surprise I'm going with Quinton Nelson at number one and Mike okay. McGlinchey at number two. I think those guys will be cornerstones of any offensive line for a decade plus, and they will be perennial all-pros, pro bowlers. Um, at number three, I am going to go with Orlando Brown. Okay. Uh, I think that he is the next the next guy up. Um, Connor Williams is there. He's not far from Brown. I kind of flip-flopped on them for a little bit. Um, and then number five, I'm going to actually go with Billy Price of Ohio State. Oh, okay. We were talking about we, him on yeah, the last episode. Yeah, we talked about yeah. him last week. I think that he's he's a very good center. I think I had him going to Seattle yes. because, um, I mean, he's a, he's good at center or he could slide out to guard where, where he's better, I think, to fit in the NFL. But, um... Yeah, so that's my top five. Jimmy, you did a wonderful job today. Jackson, thank, thank you. you very much for coming on in place of the ill Mirgori. I was your host, Matt Costantini. Thank you very much. Come back next week. <laughs>